This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Kirsten Ferreri. On Loving God by St. Bernard of Clairvaux. Chapter 3 What greater incentives Christians have, more than the heathen, to love God? The faithful know how much need they have of Jesus and Him crucified. But though they wonder and rejoice at the ineffable love made manifest in Him, they are not daunted at having no more than their own poor souls to give in return for such great and condescending charity. They love all the more, because they know themselves to be loved so exceedingly. But to whom little is given, the same loveth little. Neither Jew nor pagan feels the pangs of love as doth the church, which saith, Stay me with flagons, comfort me with apples, for I am sick of love. She beholds King Solomon, with the crown wherewith his mother crowned him in the day of his espousals. She sees the soul begotten of the Father, bearing the heavy burden of his cross. She sees the Lord of all power and might bruised and spat upon, the author of life and glory transfixed with nails, smitten by the lance, overwhelmed with mockery, and at last laying down his precious life for his friends. Contemplating this, the sword of love pierces through her own soul also, and she cried aloud, Stay me with flagons, comfort me with apples, for I am sick of love. The fruits which the spouse gathers from the tree of life in the midst of the garden of her beloved are pomegranates, borrowing their taste from the bread of heaven, and their color from the blood of Christ. She sees death dying, and its author overthrown. She beholds captivity, led captive from hell to earth, from earth to heaven, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven, and things in earth, and things under the earth. The earth under the ancient curse brought forth thorns and thistles, but now the church beholds it laughing with flowers, and restored by the grace of a new benediction. Mindful of the verse, my heart danceth for joy, and in my song will I praise him. She refreshes herself with the fruit of his passion, which she gathers from the tree of the cross, and with the flowers of his resurrection, whose fragrance invites the frequent visits of her spouse. Then is it that he exclaims, Behold, thou art fair, my beloved, yea, pleasant, also our bed is green. She shows her desire for his coming, and whence she hopes to obtain it, not because of her own merits, but because of the flowers of the field which God hath blessed. Christ, who willed to be conceived and brought up in Nazareth, that is, the town of branches, delights in such blossoms. Pleased by such heavenly fragrance, the bridegroom rejoices to revisit the heart's chamber when he finds it adorned with fruit and decked with flowers, that is, meditating on the mystery of his passion, or on the glory of his resurrection. The tokens of the passion we recognize as the fruitage of the ages past, appearing in the fullness of time during the reign of sin and death. But it is the glory of the resurrection, in the new springtime of regenerating grace, that the fresh flowers of the later age come forth, whose fruit shall be given without measure at the general resurrection, when time shall be no more. And so it is written, The winter is past, the rain is over and gone, the flowers appear on the earth, signifying that summer has come back with him who dissolves icy death into the spring of a new life, and says, Behold, 
I make all things new. His body, sown in the grave, has blossomed in the resurrection, and in like manner our valleys and fields, which were barren or frozen as if dead, glow with reviving life and warmth. The Father of Christ who makes all things new is well pleased with the freshness of those flowers and fruits, and the beauty of the field which breathes forth such heavenly fragrance, and he says in benediction, See, the smell of my son is as the smell of a field which the Lord hath blessed. Blessing to overflowing, indeed, since of his fullness have we all received. But the bride may come when she pleases, and gather flowers and fruits therewith to adorn the inmost recesses of her conscience, that the bridegroom, when he cometh, may find the chamber of her heart redolent with perfume. So it behooves us, if we would have Christ for a frequent guest, to fill our hearts with faithful meditations on the mercy he showed in dying for us, and on his mighty power in rising again from the dead. To this David testified when he sang, God spake once, and twice I have also heard the same, that the power belongeth unto God, and that thou, O Lord, art merciful. And surely there is proof enough, and to spare, in that Christ died for our sins, and rose again for our justification, and ascended into heaven, that he might protect us from on high, and sent the Holy Spirit for our comfort. Hereafter he will come again for the consummation of our bliss. In his death he displayed his mercy, in his resurrection his power. Both combine to manifest his glory. The bride desires to be stayed with flagons, and comforted with apples, because she knows how easily the warmth of love can languish and grow cold. But such helps are only until she has entered into the bride-chamber. There she will receive his long-desired caresses, even as she sighs, his left hand is under my head, and his right hand doth embrace me. Then she will perceive how far the embrace of the right hand excels all sweetness, and that the left hand, with which he at first caressed her, cannot be compared to it. She will understand what she has heard, it is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. She will prove what she hath read, my memorial is sweeter than honey, and mine inheritance than the honeycomb. What is written elsewhere, the memorial of thine abundant kindness shall be showed, refers doubtless to those of whom the psalmist had said just before, One generation shall praise thy works unto another, and declare thy power. Among us on the earth there is his memory, but in the kingdom of heaven his very presence. That presence is the joy of those who have already attained to beatitude. The memory is the comfort of us who are still wayfarers, journeying towards the fatherland. End of chapter 3